Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to... 2023 the first edition of the garden state of hockey podcast um it's good to be back at the turn of the calendar last time we spoke to you at least was december 28th before the devils took on the bruins unsuccessfully for the second time uh in that week and the devils have played an interesting stretch since then that features some aspects of riding the ship and some aspects of continuous frustration that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks so John, uh, John Fisher, by the way, everyone's still the same in 2023, but you know, just better. Hi, John. Maybe not better, older, but not better. Enhanced. <laughs> feature, Enhanced. feature, feature revision is in process with flame decals on the side. So he goes even faster now, but anyway, Sasha Banks, but never mind. <laughs> uh, John, this stretch of games, it's been kind of you know, I'll say relieving as one adjective of it, considering that the Devils haven't just lost all of them in a row. It's been nice to see them continue to be resilient, regardless of the results. And it's been nice to see the continued pro- uh, productivity of the young stars on the team. Absolutely. So these six games, the Devils went a total of three, two and one, which doesn't sound impressive, but considering the December that they had had all of four wins. Well, consider the uh, opponents as well. And considering their opponents, 3-2-1 is not a bad run of results. And um, as the standings will show you, is that that's all you really need to do to stay in pace. I mean, for all the concern about, oh, you know, the Devils could fall out a second, you know, the Devils could do this. Yeah, that technically could happen, but they're still in second as a result of this. And in fact, thanks to Carolina, who we'll talk about in a moment here, finally cooled off. The Devils are just four points behind first place in the Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the Devils don't have to be on a heater necessarily to secure their first playoffs appearance since 2018. And they just need to have weeks and runs like this one that we're going to talk about. If they continue to do that, they should be fine. The stretch of games that's incoming is 
prime striking opportunity. We're going to talk oh, about yeah. that close to the end of the episode, but this upcoming stretch of games is not the end of December, early January stretch of games. This is a stretch of games where the Devils need to assert some authority. Right. So let's first and foremost talk about what happened. Yeah. Let's talk about those six games. So I'm just going to give high-level summaries of each of them. So the Devils come back from the Christmas break. They're hosting Boston again. You may say, John, didn't they play Boston before Christmas? And I will say, yes, it's the rare consecutive, well, it's the rare rematch after a holiday Mm -hmm. of the best team in the NHL. And Linus Ulmark, who is by leaps and bounds, the best goaltender in the NHL this season, Mm -hmm. was very much the best goaltender in the game. And so Boston goalied the Devils in a 3-1 loss, which was frustrating just to see Pavel Zaka, you know, try to get tripped up by Jack Hughes and somehow stay on his feet and score an empty netter. Amazing. It was very much a close game. Devils couldn't beat Olmark. But it's Lena Solmark. He's legitimately the best goaltender in, in, in the world this season. We move on to New Year's Eve Eve, the 30th. The Devils go to Pittsburgh. As this game is not at the Rock, the Devils had a better chance. And in a game fraught with penalties, loads of calls. Many. The referees, the referees wanted to be the stars. We got the rare double uh, minors issued for arguing with the referees. We've had five on threes. We've got four on four. We've got five on fours, abbreviated calls, heaps of kills. The Devils managed to kill every single one of the eight penalties, which totaled nine penalty kills because one of them was a double minor. So that's in the books is <laughs> nine penalty kills. Yeah. As the Devils prevail, they win. They, they went into Pittsburgh, a three-goal second period where they scored a power play goal from the big deal, Jack Hughes. Dougie Hamilton gets an even strength goal. And then towards the end of the period, during one of those nine penalty kills, Nico Heischer finishes the drill for a shorty, which ends which holds up as the game winner. You end holding on for dear life, hoping there would be no crazy bounce, hoping that Mr. Crosby or Mr. Malkin or Mr. Gensel uh, or Mr. Carter or Rickard Raquel, they're getting that lucky spot where they just finished the drill. Nope, Devils hold on. Paula sets up Hughes for the ENG. That's his 20th of the season. Devils win 4-2. to two. Ends a pretty crummy month on a high note. Yeah, that was an important win. That, that was one that they really, really needed to get. And again, they maintained their ability to string wins together on the road. But while this was happening disconcertedly they continued to lose at home like you had mentioned that oh the yeah Bruins loss was the sixth straight one at the time then they yep. come back home after pittsburgh and face carolina in a crazy game this game was all over the place yes. um, and really it's a shame that the devils couldn't get both points out of it but they end up losing their first shootout of the year which uh, i'm fine never seeing a shootout again in my life um, I'm I'm all good on that, but they're unfortunately they're a consequence of where the league is right now. So they did lose that one in a shootout for their seventh straight home loss. Right, but I do do need to emphasize there were a lot of things happening in this game, heaps of things. Uh, one more, Jack Hughes is the big deal, mm-hmm. um, very much the one guy who was scoring early against a previously hot anti Ranta. Like anti Ranta went into this game with two straight shutouts. Well, you could say he was the anti-Ronto. Uh, <laughs> you but, said it, not me. 
Yeah. We got to see <laughs> possibly the worst shorthanded goal allowed in my life that I've ever seen, mm. where a, a, a turnover by Jack Hughes, or rather, yeah, it was Jack Hughes, and then Dougie Hamilton didn't recover, but the puck was in no man's land. Mackenzie Blackwood makes the right decision to come out to knock that puck away. <laughs> whiffs on it. So Sebastian Ajo scores the easiest shorty of his career. That was a tough oh, look. And it put the Devils down 2-1 going into the second intermission. But then we get Jesper Bratt scoring a goal. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Then we get to see Derek Stepan outwork Kevin Ball, all six foot six of him, uh, somehow had body position on the veteran, and the veteran knocked the puck into the net. Yeah, Ball had he, a pretty bad week. Yes, yes. Ball, the AHL is strong in Ball uh, from his recent outings. Anyway, but Nico, but it's okay, Dan, because Nico Heischer scores on the very next shift with the wraparound. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Then we get a bizarre tripping embellishment call on Jonas Siegenthaler. Yep. Even though physics caused Mr. Siegenthaler to fall, I have zero idea what you could see out of the play that you make you think he sold it. Like the stick was literally in his legs. I don't understand how you can call both. If yeah, the call... implication is that the trip caused someone to fall, then how can they have embellished it? Right. In any case, what, what what should have been a devil's power play, and mind you, this is like with about less than six, less than seven, six minutes left in the game here. So yeah. this was an important call. So what should have been a five on four was a four on four, but no matter. Jesper Bratt charges in, scores a goal. You're now up four three mm-hmm. against the hottest team in hockey. And then the devils do dumb things. Yeah. Dawson Mercer gets a stick up high and hits Martin Neckis in the head. He threw his head back pretty hard, but I have a feeling he it was because of the contact, not because he was selling it. Not that I would ever accuse the Carolina Hurricanes of selling a call, Dan. Never. Mm, not once. And unfortunately, Ryan Graves, who returned for this game, returned, first game back after injury, uh, cleared the puck over the glass shortly after winning the defensive zone faceoff after Mercer's penalty. Mm-hmm. So the Devils had three in the box for what was a four on three which technically became a five on three. Yeah. But shortly after the five on three ended, Martin Neckis scored. And then after a long, long, long conversation with the officials, they sorted out that, all right, Graves still has to serve his minor, but Mercer's done. Cause I think they had to work out the timing. Mm-hmm. So the devils had to kill that. They go to overtime. It, it, it's mind you, Carolina shot the lights out in this game. They put up 46 shots. I'm sorry, 47 shots on net in this one. Um, Devils take it to the limit, and unfortunately, in their first shoot shootout of the season, Andrei Sh- Vechnikov scores the only goal. Yeah, that was oh man. I mean, it was that kind of thing where they were up four three late, so it's kind of a shame they didn't get the two points. But by all aspects of the game, uh, it, they you're happy you got the point. Yeah. <laughs> like Blackwood, Blackwood to his credit did play much better after his inaccept unacceptable mistake of Mm -hmm. missing a puck with nobody around him. Yeah. But he played better, much better. Yeah. Now got him there. He got him there. Of course. Would he see the net again? No. Uh, Because on Wednesday, Vitek Vanacek took over on Wednesday in Detroit. And as this game was away from home, the Devils did um, found the back of the net much more. This game was more like an avalanche, not the Colorado avalanche, Dan, but more so in the case of Vanacek was holding it down pretty well. And Mm -hmm. to Detroit's credit, they were creating some legitimately good opportunities. The Devils defensive uh, play of this past week is uh, suspect. Mr. Hamilton 
um, among others, could be doing better in his own end. Yeah. But you can't hate on Dougie for this game because Dougie scores the power play goal to open the scoring. Then a Dougie shot creates a Nico Heischer tip for another power play goal in the second period. And then the the goals just kept on coming. A two-on-one rush with Miles Wood and Alexander Holtz leads to Holtz collecting the misplay by Wood, or the save, I should say. And Michael McLeod sliding in the puck to make it 3 nothing early in the third. Alexander Holtz scores on a laser blast to make it 4 nothing, And then Hollis sets up Hughes at the right post who basically dekes Huso out of his shoes and puts the puck in off a red wing to make it 5 nothing, mm-hmm. And only a lame hooking penalty by Brendan Smith and a lame defensive effort by Damon Severson led to Lucas Raymond breaking Vanacek's shutout. But who cares? It's a 5-1 win. You love to see it. That one felt like one of the mid-streak games that were just kind of like, ho-hum. Like, the Devils haven't scored yet. They'll score eventually. At some point and- here, like, it doesn't look like their team's really in this game. Yeah, and at nope, and as much as many people have complained over the past month, I would say about oh the Devils don't have finishing. Oh, that where's the finish? Well, you got five past Ville Husso. You also got four past Ante Ranta, who by the way went into the game with a two-game shutout streak. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would dare suggest the finishing isn't as bad as you might think it is. Unfortunately, that was not the case on Thursday yeah. night in returning home to St. Louis. Surprisingly, Dan. Well, they got McKenzie, a display of efficient finishing against them. Unfortunately so. And and more unfortunately, you can't even blame Blackwood for this one. Because, no, they're just nice goals. <laughs> well, also because Blackwood didn't play. Yeah. Uh, he was ruled out to be injured, suddenly injured, Dan, from yeah. a warm-up, which I'm not sure how much I believe that. Well, given today's much... news, it looks like it's taken a few warm-ups have been especially egregious in terms of devil's injuries, but we'll talk about that later. Right, in a moment. But So Akira Schmid got a very late call-up as to not play Vanacek back-to-back against the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Cairo scores a brilliant deflection. Then Jack Hughes scores two in a row. Mm-hmm. And then a defensive breakdown leads to Ivan Barbashev picking the corner. Eric Kevin Ball, again, looks like a dummy um, against Brandon Saad. Makes it 3-2. Power play goal for Robert Thomas. Nico Heischer makes it a game with a power play goal of his own. I think another tip-in of a Hamilton shot. Mm-hmm. And the Devils are scrambling, trying to beat Jordan Binnington. They're putting all the shots on net on him. Bizarrely, you've got Eric Halla out in an extra man situation. This guy yes. cannot be more cursed if, like, I, I, I don't... This Eric Halla could be standing in a graveyard wearing, like, prayer beads and not be more cursed than he is on the ice surface. And this guy's out there for six on five. His shooting percentage is like a one. What are we talking about here? Yes, this may shock everybody, but Halla had a chance... To shoot at the net and he didn't score um yes so i understand he, too <laughs> i understand he wins face-offs but here's the thing and we should know this from last season where michael mcleod was hyped up on broadcasts for weeks at a time about his face-off prowess mm-hmm. face-offs are a really tiny part of the game yes in crucial situations like a special team situation or if you're defending a lead late or like a six it's one thing to win the draw fine i get the importance of that but once that's taken care of you got the rest of the shift to worry about. Well, and that's winning draws led to the Dougie power play goals, right? Against Detroit. It was it was very like yeah. very clear well, pathway from face-off win to uh whatever. But Nico Heischer's a star player. Like he's not a face-off. Why, specialist. why isn't he why isn't Heischer taking this face-off? But it's also the fact that even if he lost that face-off, he'd probably have a better time getting the puck back than someone who's maybe not as good at not having the puck when they play hockey. 
Correct. In any case, this all ends with Damon Severson kind of looking like a lump as yeah. Robert Thomas scores an ENG. You lose 5-3 to St. Louis, and now you've lost eight straight at home. So this kind of leads to the point of why so many Devil fans, the people who matter, have been so negative, so concerned, despite the fact they got wins, a big win in Detroit, a big win over Pittsburgh. They're still second in the division. It's still one of the best start, you know, first halves of a season in franchise history. So why are Devil fans so unhappy? Well, a big part of it is if you go to the Rock to watch him play, they're going to lose, yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're paying since lots of money... The, you since know, the game I attended, of... they hadn't won a game. Uh, yeah. Until... Until, until the glory that was the matinee against our hated rivals across the river oh boy if there this was one... a game that mirrored the game that happened in msg uh last month almost almost exactly <laughs> almost exactly so this game if there is one game you should always try to win it's this one mm-hmm because there are hated rivals. Like any sport, it does matter if you're having a good season, bad season. You always want to beat your rivals. A lot of so flexing can... online about there being a lot of blue at the rock. Um, and of course, good. the Devils had more witnesses. The Devil... And the Devils, of course, had their stupid reverse retro jerseys. I don't know why you want to look like the Kansas City Scouts, but that's hey. okay. Just more people there to watch their team lose. It's fine by me. Well, it also means our hated rivals got to wear blue. Huh. Hey, whatever anyway. color they lose in works for me. Anyway, the the, the first. Two periods of this game were not good. Jimmy Vesey scores within the first 94 seconds of the game. Julian Gaultier finishes a play that made Hamilton look silly. And, oh, yeah, it's Julian Gaultier, hardly a superstar, makes it 2-0 early. Then, of course, uh, Barkley Goudreau decides, I want to set up Jack Hughes for a breakaway. Yeah, you heard that, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Watching... I didn't get a chance to watch most of this game live. I had to watch most of it um, from a distance. And I'm still scratching my head at, one, Goodrow doing this at all, because I understand he had two players back, but he managed to put the puck in the one spot where they weren't and Jack Hughes was. Anyway, the 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 the, the uh, lesson here is Jack Hughes took that puck and scored to make it 2-1. And weirdly enough, Dan, Goodrow got a bump in ice time after this. <laughs> Well, which, which, which keep that in mind as we talk further about this game. Yeah. Yeah. There's an agenda here. Uh, we got to get Jack Hughes even more points because he has become Igor Shesterkin's boogeyman in a lot of ways. He continues to find ways to score against him and it didn't stop with that first goal that he had. There's more. Let's not go there yet because at first the Rangers extended their lead with Chris Kreider scoring a Chris Kreidery goal by crashing the net. Um, mm-hmm. the puck squeezed out. It was an unlucky bounce, but, uh, Kreider got to it, had all to shoot for, and there you go. Three, one. And so the devils enter the third period, having lost eight straight home games or uh, yeah, about to lose their ninth, uh, against their hated rivals who are directly behind them in the standings at this moment in time. Yep. There were real uh, stakes to this game. It's, it's all to play for. And then the devil's played for it they found a way to come back a sick laser of a power play goal by jesper bratt my goodness that thing was invisible on replay even and and the whole situation so earlier dougie hamilton hooked vincent trocek so you're thinking great dougie hamilton who hasn't had the greatest of weeks outside Mm of shooting the puck he's sitting devils have to kill that penalty not only do they kill it dan Capo Caco, noted player against men as a prospect, 
decided I'm going to slash Jack Hughes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the devils punished this one yeah. with, with, with the, with the quickness, with the gravity from Mr. Brat. And of course, Hughes got the secondary assist on that, but Hughes was not done yet a little bit later. Um, you know how, how we've been complaining about Halla and lots of people have been asking, even media people are asking, why is Eric Halla playing on Jack Hughes's line? Mm-hmm. Well, the third period turned out to be the one period where we start seeing Jack Hughes with some other players like Dawson Mercer again. And you might've heard this guy before, Dan, Yeager Sharon Govich. Yeah. yeah. Finally, finally get some minutes with this guy. Well, they get on the ice mid past midway through the third. Um, a Mercer shot or pass gets, gets knocked away. And it just drops the Hughes in a perfect position and he buries it with authority, mm. displays the jersey logo, celebrating, you know, the Devils fans everywhere are t- super happy around the world, tied up the game. You know, you're starting to think to yourself, maybe the Devils can do it. Maybe the Devils can win this game. Maybe they will. Unfortunately, it had to go to overtime. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I say, yeah. unfortunately, because, you know, one, you're giving a point to where your hated rivals and yeah. two, um, you would have loved to have seen the Devils push a little harder to get that fourth goal in regulation just to end it. Because in overtime, you know, only one bad break needs to happen for it to go uh, go awry. Uh, but the Devils had the better of possession. Uh, Mika Zibanejad got a, got stoned by Mr. Vanacek on a one on one or he missed the net. One of the two. Um and then the fateful play happened shortly after the Devils took a shot on net that Shesterkin did stop. And and Alexis Lafreniere, another hot prospect that the Rangers picked up, was trying to go one-on-one on Damon Severson. Mm-hmm. Normally this would go well for uh, the attacking player because Damon Severson is always, uh, what's the nice word I can put it, erratic when it comes to defense? Adventurous. You know what? Yeah, I like adventurous. Well, this adventure had a happy ending. Yes. Severson stripped Lafreniere of the puck, and then Lafreniere clattered into another devil. I, I didn't pick up on who it was. Yeah, I didn't see uh, either. It, was, but... it wasn't Heischer, because Heischer would go up with a two-on-one with Severson. Yep. And Severson decided, no, nah, I'm going to shoot this myself. And Severson scores. Severson it kind scores of felt like third. he decided that ages ago, right? Like, you see the rush developing. You see Heischer on the other side, and it's a two-on-one in overtime, so it's not like an unusual sight for three on three overtime. No. And it's a defendable play for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're Damon Severson, Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, Brian Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler. Oh, if you're in a two on one in overtime, if you want to take the shot by all means, if you think you can beat the goalie, go for it. He had that in mind. He knew exactly where he was going. The second he got that puck, Nico was a perfect dummy for that uh, defenseman to kind of give him the room that he needed because Severson pots at home. Everyone is jazzed about it. Um, Man, the Rangers leave the Rock sad, which is the best kind of Rangers leaving the Rock. And the Devils maintain their second place spot in the Metropolitan Division due to that result. Not only that, Igor Shesterkin blew another game. Mm-hmm. Gave up uh, three goal, you know, three goals unanswered. 
Our hated rivals decided giving more minutes to Barclay Goodrow instead of a Julian Gauthier who scored earlier. Um, and other players have gotten many of the blue shirt fans uh, very unhappy with the state of their team. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're questioning why, why is, you know, why is the team set up such that Ben Harper and Braden Schneider playing less than 15 minutes, but Jacob Truba gets over just close to 24. Well, Cause he's know. the captain. Well, yeah, that's, that's part of the problem I'm trying to point out. Um, you know, Zabanajad plays over 23 minutes. Understandable. He's Mika Zabanajad. But again, you know, did Vlatsov Kratsov really play in this game? Did Philip Scheitel really play in this game? You know, Kako had his critical penalty. Lafreniere got an assist, but he also got stripped in overtime for, yeah. for the game-winning goal against. Panarin was held pointless. Only three shots on net, too. You know, it's it's weird that, you know, as much as you and I could sit here and reference the other people who matter who are also equally concerned about the state of the devils, our hated rivals are in a very similar boat. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is also because the division is that tight as we're recording this on uh, January 9th, the devils have 53 points for second place. Carolina has 57 points because they finally lost some games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not winning everything under the sun. So first place might open up in theory, Washington has, has overtaken the Rangers. Mm-hmm. However, that's because Washington has also played more games than everybody else in the division by at least two. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to last, but they're right behind the devils with 52 points. Our hated rivals have 51 and 41 games. Pittsburgh might have, fi- has finally won a game recently. So they might start emerging back in the conversation. And the Islanders have also drifted a bit out of, at a sink, but they're going to have some home games this week. So maybe they'll be fine. It's, Still a t- fairly tight race in the division where, you know, a couple losses or even an overtime loss or a shootout loss, all of a sudden you start realizing that point you didn't get or those two points you didn't get, those are precious. And it's very happy to see the Devils finally end their home winless streak because the Devils have had a lot of home games and they just have been able to take advantage of that fact. Whereas for most teams, that would be something they would aim for. Yeah, and so, you know, they, they have to... This stretch that's coming up, they they want at home right on time to hit the road again, um, yes. because they're doing their West Coast of the U.S. trip now. Um, yeah. It's not quite the same trip as it once was in terms of the intimidation factor, because uh, there's a couple teams that are pretty downtrodden on that trip. But that, I would say, makes getting results in these games more important because they are the more winnable games. You have Absolutely. games coming up against every California team in Seattle. And Seattle, to their credit, pretty good. Los Angeles, the same, no slouches. But Anaheim, you got to beat. San Jose, you got to beat. Like these, these are teams that are in positions where they have no interest in winning games. So this is the time to take advantage. You are on the opposite side of where these teams are in terms of rebuilding go 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 and you're better on the road there's no reason that these games should be losses absolutely they really should be aiming for at least three wins on this trip and they can get a measure of revenge because they'll be playing carolina for the third time in four weeks um in rally but now carolina is no longer on a heater Carolina is, dare I suggest, vulnerable. Now, of course, they also got Max Pacioretty back. Uh, so they, they, you know, I wouldn't count them out for too long. But, you know, a Devils regulation win in rally on Tuesday. All of a sudden, the Devils are two points behind Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, it's entirely possible. There is a possibility here where if things work out, the Devils could potentially retake first place. Well, do I think they'll do it? 
No, I think that Los Angeles game is possibly one of the w- most unfortunate scheduling spots because LA is the one California team that's actually a playoff team this season, and it comes the night after you play Anaheim. So you, you know, LA is going to have a rest advantage. Uh, the Devils are already far away from home. You know, you might as well, you know, you, you could stay up for that one, Dan. But uh, I wouldn't exactly bet a lot of money on a W. But hey, weirder yeah. things have happened. Somehow LA is like negative four in goal differential, which is weird for a playoff team. But whatever. Um, but yeah, they got Carolina. They got ten uh, a ten o'clock local time spot in Anaheim. Maybe Anaheim will have scored a hundred goals by then. They have not yet. Oh God, they are they are, they are terrible. They're they give a up. brutal team. Yeah, they they are brutal. Uh, they are better at home than they are on the road. So you know, it's not exactly an you know an automatic win. Unfortunately, yeah. Dan, the Carolina and Anaheim games I just mentioned are exclusive to ESPN Plus and Hulu. Oh, Pray for no Hextall. Uh, you'll get to hear the nice dulcet tones of Bill Spalding and Ken Danico on the LA game at 10 30 PM local time on the 14th. Then you get a rare um, 4 PM Monday afternoon game in San Jose. Mm-hmm. I understand it's MLK day. So I understand that's why it's scheduled that early. Um, but yep. The devils will be able to take on possibly the worst, actually, no, actually the worst home team in hockey mm-hmm. uh, with a record right now of four, 11 and six at home to play San Jose, which has literally nothing to play for. So that'll be a 4 PM or, you know, call a meeting, get, you know, order in an early dinner, watch some hockey. And then the devils will go to Seattle for a 10 PM local start time on the 19th. So they will get some you know, time off, before the Seattle game and afterwards, because they'll be playing four games and six nights in the following week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, the Devils should be able to make this a winning road trip. They really should win in Anaheim. They really should win in San Jose. And I'd like to think the Devils have the capability of getting a, at least a win or even three points between Carolina, LA, and Seattle. Yeah, the, can do it. Yeah, and, and again, we went into that last stretch with the Boston, Boston, Carolina, whatever. I think, like I had said at the time, two wins was realistic in that stretch. Um, I, I would be nice if they got two. They got two in that stretch that we were talking about, but it, it's really just, um, you need more. You need more from these opponents. You need more from this part of the season if you're going to be one of the best away teams in the league. Keep proving it. This is going to yep. be something where, uh, you know, if you continue playing at home the way you did, you might not even have the higher seed for later playoff rounds. So it's not bad to be a good road team anyway. Look at me talking no. about later playoff rounds. But anyway. Uh, that being said, some injury news to catch up with here as oh, Andre yeah. Palat has rejoined the Devils. He's played in a couple of games, hasn't done much on the score sheet so far, but um, doesn't look too out of place. And obviously he'll need some time to really make his way to fully back up to game speed. Uh, Nate Bastian has returned to practice as of this morning, which is great because really the the stretch of tough play in december started when he went down uh probably more coincidence than anything but regardless it's nice to have a familiar face back and a reliable one to kind of beef up that fourth line which has not been productive what won't help them be productive is the fact that it seems that miles wood has sustained an injury in practice this morning where he had to be um carried off uh, not carried off but carried off with assistance uh, off the ice surface so uh, we're hoping it's nothing too serious, but uh, he's had a tough stretch over the last couple of weeks. So um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of one comes back, one goes in. But at the end of the day, Hughes, Heesher, Hamilton, Brad, and we're rolling, right? 
and whatever the goaltender's doing. Yeah. Um, if Anacek and or Blackwood possibly has a good game, the Devils are fine. There is some positive, maybe not positive, maybe I'll say silver lining to the Wood news. Miles mm-hmm. Wood and John Marino are going to be traveling with the team on this trip. Mm-hmm. Now, Marino hasn't been in practice yet. Bastion has only started practice and Wood was obviously helped off the ice. Mm-hmm. However, the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think these guys would be traveling across the country yep. if they were that significantly hurt and that far away from returning. So, And Marino be... was supposed to be week to week anyway. Right. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. So yeah. logic says let's check be in. back pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, this is the Devils organization under, you know, current management or yeah, current management, and this is the same organization that has been a little touch and go with honesty and uh, timelines with respect to some of their injuries. Um, they, to be fair, they were correct about Palat. He was ruled out to be, you know, early January, and he came back in early January. So credit to, credit to the Devils for being honest there, and they've been also honest about Blackwood. So yeah. you know, so we'll see. We'll see if they actually get some minutes. Um, the the tricky part of that about this trip is that. That California stretch, while the devil, I think the devil should win at least two of those three games. Yeah, um, it is three games in four nights. No matter who you're playing against, that's tough. So mm-hmm. having some extra bots on hand, if Wood is able to play in one of these later games of the trip, or if Marino is able to come back and practice, or Bastion is feeling comfortable enough to practice, then perhaps you might see them. Yeah. Yeah, and really, the Marino's the key piece, right? Like he, he's, he's the of those guys. He's the most important. He's the one who uh, let the Devils have a second unit that they could rely upon entirely and not have to play someone from the AHL level. But uh, eventually, those AHL guys will be replaced. It looks sooner rather than later by one Luke Hughes. So let's use this to transition into kind of our last section here, recapping the World Juniors and how the Young Devils performed in that tournament. Uh, spoiler alert, if you've been living under a rock, Luke Hughes had a great tournament. He was really yep. good. He was named as one of the top three players for America. This whole tournament, I didn't get a chance to watch too many of the games, which is unfortunate because from all people who do follow these, whether you're a prospect person, an international hockey fan, somebody who just likes to watch hockey uh, during the day, this tournament brought it in terms of entertainment. Yes, you had plenty of blowouts as you normally do in these U-20 tournaments because the gap between the big six and everybody else is that large at the youth level. Um, But you also had some really entertaining uh, contests. I mean, your medal round had Sweden and Finland playing close games, Slovakia nearly stunning Canada, forcing them to go to overtime in the quarterfinals. You had a very controversial America versus Canada game in the semifinals where goals were disallowed that could have changed the tide of the game. You had the Czechs, which I think a lot of observers expected to be pretty competitive, but nobody expected them to win their group and Mm -hmm. go all the way to the finals and take Canada to the limit. (laughs) I mean, and and then you had the bronze medal game, which normally most people ignore, but you couldn't have ignored an eight, seven game straight out of the eighties here where defense and goaltending were entirely optional, (laughs) but uh, nevertheless, the devils that performed in these tournaments uh, all had good tournaments. Uh, Topaz Velen for uh, Finland. He was on their first pairing. He played big minutes in every one of Finland's games. That's something you want to see from a young, late round uh, defensive prospect. Peter Hauser chipped in some points and played a more energy role along with guys like the impeccably named Marcel Marcel on the Czech on Czechia. 
again, he's got a silver medal. You can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, for America, Luke Hughes was a top three player. I know there have been a lot of criticisms about, oh, he made this turnover. Oh, he, he made this mistake in front of the net. It's like, yes, but he also creates and generates offense like few others can. He's basically their Kale McCarr or their Adam Fox or their, oh, I don't know, Quinn Hughes, just to pick mm-hmm. another name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's Luke Hughs in a nutshell, except he's taller. Uh, a spoiler alert to the people at Elite Prospects, Luke Hughes is good. Um, so he did well. And then for Slovakia, Simon Nemec also played an important role. He was the captain of the team. Again, Slovakia drew a really, really tough draw against Canada in the first round of the medal round. So they got bounced out early. Uh, but again, Nemec played a lot of minutes, did a lot of good things on the ice for a Slovakian team that is showing that they're not just a bunch of guys making up the numbers. They're, they're clearly a step ahead of the Switzerland's and the Germany's of the world. It's it's good that the Devils are in leadership roles as well. These young players, we have two captains, and that's there's not a whole lot of teams, but there's a whole lot of NHL teams, and none of them can say that. So that's really, really cool to see. Um, and it's both defensemen, too. It's, it's so interesting how quickly the pipeline flipped on its head from being riddled with offensive players to riddled with defensive players, and it makes sense because they've graduated a lot of the offensive ones. But, man, these defensive mm-hmm. guys, it, it feels like there's going to be a lot of room very quickly and a lot of opportunity for them very quickly. Absolutely. And and this is the benefit of, you know, when you make these draft picks, you know, when you look beyond that first round, it you don't want to just necessarily just say, eh, pick whoever you'd like. I mean, sure, in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, take a, take a chance on whoever you like. But take a chance on a guy that you like that you might have some legitimate upside with. You know, look for the overagers that, you know, may, maybe you've seen some real progress and maybe if you're lucky, you get another Jaeger Sharangovich. Or you get a guy like Valen, who, you know, turned out to be an important uh, minute eater for a Finnish team and plays regularly in the Finnish uh, professional league. Or, again, as you said, you look for players who are leaders on their teams in addition to being top players like Nemec and Hughes. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you start having more and more options going forward about what can you do at Utica? What can you do at the New Jersey level? Because there's a real possibility you're going to see Luke at some point with New Jersey uh, once Michigan's season ends. And there's probably a good chance we're going to see Nemich get called up at some point. I'm actually surprised mm-hmm. he wasn't – because Ball not only has Kevin Ball failed to take the opportunity to earn minutes, Nikita Akutyuk certainly hasn't earned the co- coach's favor either. And Riley Walsh hasn't been called up at all. So logic would say, why not give Nemich a chance? But I understand there's you know ELCs and things at play here, so you might have to wait another year before you really see him um, – play more than just a couple games but that's that's the excitement of drafting not only high but drafting well and finding you know your valens your Salminans, you know your ethan edwardses even if they're not making the you know the world junior teams at least they're out there putting in the good work to make you go okay this guy might actually have a future in pro hockey and mm-hmm. hey what do you know they they have one in some cases so credit to them and again credit to everybody to who's even made the roster or tried out for the roster i know tyler brennan was the was a goaltender for canada that didn't make it he did not do well in his evaluation games but nevertheless um it's always an honor to be named to these camps and named to these teams it is a short tournament you don't want to put seven games above everything else that a player does but these are important games they were apparently very exciting games and um there was a lot of uh, people pleased with how Halifax and Moncton hosted the tournament. So maybe they'll get another one in the near future. Uh-huh. And next year they'll be in Sweden. They'll be in Gothenburg 
Uh, Austria has been relegated. They'll be replaced by the Norwegians, who might actually have a hockey class coming through. So you might have to, you know, you know, uh, beef up on your Norwegian pronunciations, Dan. I know I hmm. won't. Um, and there's also the open-ended question of what if Russia and Belarus are allowed back into the IIHF? Yeah, that's another whole but that's, thing. But that's, that's a problem for the future. Yeah, it, it's Not almost now. impossible to see when that would ever happen at this point in the state of the world. So uh, there'd, there'd have to be pretty seismic shifts in like the geopolitical <laughs> like perspective. Yeah, there, there, are, there are many other things that have to happen first before <laughs> yeah. we start going, huh, how do you put them back into the World Junior Championships? Yeah. Do you just bump them in? Do you force them to do what they do in soccer and say, yeah, you got to start at the bottom. You're in Division Three because, yeah. you know, you need Russia to kill Kazakhstan 50 to nothing in hockey to make a point. Um, do, um, so do we have any more hockey-related things for this episode? Because if not, I, I have a little bit of a soapbox I'd like to uh, take while we have the time. You know what, Dan? Get on your soapbox. I've done a lot of talking. I'm sure the people who matter want to hear from you. So, Dan, talk your talk. I want to say we're all sports fans, presumably, if you listen to this podcast. And what happened last Monday with DeMar Hamlin uh, is a 24-year-old from the Buffalo Bills uh, who had a cardiac arrest event on the field. I just want to say, if not for those medical professionals, Hamlin does not leave the hospital today if not for his fighting spirit if not for the support of all those communities uh there's moments in sports that transcend the field there's moments in sports that transcend fan bases it was really special to see what the reaction was in the community for demar hamlin it's really special to see his recovery and really special to think about all of the professionals all the people behind the scenes of all of your favorite events that make this possible that make this safe and that make this really like uh, able to be an escape for people like us. So I just wanted to shout them out, especially because they've been dealing with, you know, all sorts of diseases in the last couple of years. This last, I mean, this ongoing winter is riddled with whatever host of respiratory virus you can imagine. So I just wanted to thank them, take this time to um, wish them all a happy 2023. We've really seen the impact of medical professionals recently and uh, with the people in my, you know, immediate circle I have in mind, I just wanted to shout them out real quick while we have them. Thank you for all you do. Mm-hmm. Well said, Dan. All right. Well, thank you all, the fans, for listening uh, to this first episode of 2023. We'll be back. Uh, not sh- quite sure when. A lot fluctuates in our schedules, as you may have noticed, but not too long as the Devils seek to uh, win some games out west in the upcoming week. So as always, thank you for joining us and let's go Devils. Let's rack up some more wins. 